Hey, I'm Grace Elizabeth, and this is For Us, a podcast to help us all find a little more joy and connection in our everyday. It's part older sister, part motivational speaker, and I hope it helps you figure out how to live your most authentic, beautiful life. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This week, I have just felt the pull to read some of my poetry, and it's the end of the semester for me. I know it's the end of the semester for quite a bit of people, but um, I felt like this semester has been absolutely imperative for how I've seen myself as a writer and how I'm going to treat myself as an artist in the future. Um, My professor, who I took two classes with, has shown me what it means to be a dedicated creative person. And I've always felt the pull to do that. I've always felt that I was a creative person on the inside, a passionately creative person. Um, When I was 14 or 15, well, probably when I was 13, I took vows (laughs) to be a writer, that I would dedicate myself to that work. And I don't really think that 13-year-old, 14-year-old Grace Elizabeth like understood why I needed to do that, but she sensed that that was important. The sacredness of the work that writers do and artists do and the the pull to have a life of devotion toward that. So this semester, Professor Barnstone, shout out to you. I'll send this episode to you. (laughs) Um, You have helped me tap back into what it means to live a life of devotion to creativity and the pull to um, express what is calling us to express um, and in whatever way that happens. But for for you and for me and for um, your, the rest of your students and my fellow classmates, uh, that means to be a writer. Um, Without writing, I would die. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but I do think that it is the constant that my life needs to feel stable. It's a touchstone of who I am. It is the thing that allows me to process the world and process what I'm feeling about it. Have I considered myself a writer in the past? Not necessarily. I think I've taken career steps to do so when I was really young. Like I consider myself a freelance writer and I published a shitty book of poetry (laughs) Um, that I will not be sharing. But yeah, defining what that means. Um, has been in the works for a while and I don't think it'll ever be like truly defined but I just show up 
I write what I need to write. I pull things from the air. I think Emily, that's a very Dickinson way of thinking about writing is like gathering the inspiration from the air. But yeah, um, being devoted to being a writer is important to me. And I, I feel pushed to share my work more than I ever have before. It still feels weird to say that about myself, the hesitation to call myself a writer and an artist. Um, but the, the need to share is also something that's important. I think um, people who are creatives out there understand this, that there's like this hesitation, right? But I think that hesitation is taught that there is really no reason to not share your work. Like the, oh, should I share? I feel nervous about it. That's so taught that it, it's, it's a learned thing because when we were little and we made the things that we made and we brought it to the people that we loved, we were unashamed to do that. So we were taught that feeling nervous about putting your work out is part of being an artist. And I, I want to counteract that as much as possible. And I think the way to do that is to share as much as possible and get feedback and being in writers groups and, um, and see your work through the lens of other people. It's a beautiful thing. I used to have the paradigm of I'm going to die. And that is when my po poetry should be published. Because I wanted it to be. I, it's just <laughs> my friend Ren, my dear, dear friend Ren. So that is such a cliche. Like, why would you do that? I'm like, yeah, I know. That is so not. <laughs> that is as such a tormented writer thing to do and such a cliche and too overused for me to want to go do that. Because if it's overused, I think I try and head the opposite direction of that. So <laughs> I'm not going to die until my, like, I'm not going to wait until I am dead because that's not fun. Like I want to experience what it's like to be a writer and be alive while doing that. And I think there's so many good examples of people and women specifically, people who are doing that. Um, but the ones that I have felt the most connected to are the ones who died and then had their work published afterward, like Sylvia Plath and Emily Dickinson. Um, they haven't been in my artistic field of vision um, since this like before this semester. So it's been really, really cool to connect to them, but also to connect to artists like Frida, Frida Kahlo, who wasn't necessarily a writer, but I think she used the same depth of expression in her painting and her work. She published her stuff while she was alive. Maya Angelou published her stuff when she was alive. Um, and Audre Lorde. Like, there, there are numerous examples who stand as patron saints to me of what it means to be an artist and creative. So, if you are an artist, share your work. That's all I have to say. But I'm going to be reading from my 2021 collection. They are all untitled, by the way. So, I will 
yeah, they're all untitled. I don't feel the need to title them. Linger here with me until the quiet bird song fades into night sky. Stare down the question of where to go until it becomes a new body. This is ascendable. This is remembering all I know about seeing. The way the sun stretches across a fog-crushed valley, a slow-moving revelation. Ask for what is needed, and I will do the same. The next one is right after the poem I just read in my chat book. Um, and this is one that I feel like is connected to my faith journey, but also the way that I see people um, and the themes of prayer, of showing myself and showing, asking somebody to show themselves to me so I feel okay showing my hand. Um, that's where this came from. All right. <laughs> where do I go to find you? Shamelessly to seek your heart. Really, there are no closed windows that love does not open one day. Explain to me your fear, and I will tell you stories of changed minds, of journeys traveled differently. Love knows nothing of distance. Longing will take its form in everything, so pray to something nameless for once. Say amen to it. Show me your hand. Show me your hand. I love that one. That one was really fun to write. And when I'm writing, I often will just sit or uh, I'll be walking and I'll hear it in my mind and I have to write it down. And the repetition of a phrase is something that I have a theme of in my work. Um, I try to challenge it, but there's some lines like, show me your hand. The emphasis of that in the next one, I think is so needed. Like without it, it would just feel empty. It's like, show me your hand. And the other person answers back, show me your hand. It's beautiful. That's just a moment there. I think actually I'm going to read four poems. Um, and this one is one I wrote when I was on a solo trip, solo camping trip in the, um, the backwoods of Missouri. And it was snowy. I took hikes along this huge river. I saw two otters. It was just magical to be alone and to be in this winter world that was almost completely silent. Um, it was unnerving, but it was this unfolding that I saw. Like I was going through some emotional stuff and, and I saw how that silence helped unfold it. So this is what this poem was from. Slowly the things will start to return. It is prophesied enough to be told for long after. Slowly the fire you give breath to will rise. Slowly it will burn away. Slowly it will make ash. Slowly you will write with its blackened wood. The embers will linger. Slowly my memory of me will come up. Slowly the geese will be in the sky again. Their rippling Vs, 
their curves, reminding me of the sharp edges of our mouths and waves. Slowly we walk, making belief out of nothing. For me, writing about nature has always been the direction that I've been pulled to write in. Because that is how I've understood the world, like since I was alive. The, the memories that I have of being Grace Elizabeth have been around jumping in a pile of leaves in the fall or feeling the sun on my face or being in the woods of my grandparents' ranch. That is how I've understood the world. And so those are the themes that I go back to always, um, which is amazing. It, like our world is it's too beautiful to not write about. <laughs> it's like too um, incredible, too, too alive to not write about. Um, uh, the next poem that I'm going to read is one that I wrote for this semester while we were having our writing days. And I think it is a shift in direction and a shift of voice for me. But it is a shift of growth like I see the the change in a direction that um, my current writing is still themed in um, this change of dream kind of shifts to more of a a, a darker reality but um, one that parallels being awake in a dream world where you're like totally conscious of everything that's going on but it's still crazy like remembering a dream. This is a deliberate haunting, a cerebral patient dream, a search for meaning in numerals of three. I cannot stop the rain, cannot stop myself from riding the bus to God knows where. I sit, an envelope addressed to a faraway place neatly in my lap, ready to be sent. It has a stamp with a picture of an orchid. It costs a nickel and knows nothing of night. Sleep is content to fish out an appetite in us. Trails of thought, dense silk thickets where an asinine eye becomes beautiful. It is glowing, it is symmetrical, as above, so below, this hunger. This dream is every resemblance of you. Thank you for listening. Um, really, like this is such a fun thing to do. And as I write more and revise more and work with that process that I've learned so much about thanks to this semester and my classmates, I, I have learned so much about that. And as I do that more, I feel compelled and confident enough to share what I've been writing. So I'm grateful for you. Thank you for tuning in this week. And... I hope you tune in next week, and as always, live boldly. Hey, this is the official outro. <laughs> I just wanted to hop on and say thank you again for your weekly support of tuning in to this week's episode and sharing what I have to say. It means the world to me. I also wanted to mention that 4S is recorded and edited on You People's Land. Thank you so much, and I cannot wait for you to listen in next week.